It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. Uh, Andrea Sutton is off today, but she'll be uh, returning Monday. We've been uh, staggering vacations and so on the last, uh, well, during the month of July in any event, but she will... uh, be back on Monday, so we'll have that to look forward to. Um, the votes are finally in from uh, Tuesday's uh, primary election in uh, Genesee County, Michigan, and parts of the all over the country, I imagine. And um, things stayed pretty much the same. Um, yesterday on Armchair Politics, we were talking about some of the results, uh, but we were only at 74% of the precincts counted and things didn't really change much there were a couple of tight races that you know were decided with that last uh, 26 percent of the vote being counted but things stayed pretty much the same margins stayed uh, pretty much the same if somebody was uh, way out front uh, yesterday when we talked about it they stayed way out front and uh, ended big Um, yesterday was a good day for incumbents and uh, for proposals on the ballot um one case that was uh, too close to call when we were talking uh, yesterday was the uh, genesee county board of commissioners second district the uh, seat that um brenda clack held uh, she decided not to run and there was a real runoff between her son michael clack and um Charles Winfrey, and in the end, Charles Winfrey uh, won that by uh, a fairly narrow margin, but um, that was an interesting race to follow. But one of the things that's come up since the votes have been counted, and I thought I would mention this because there was so much controversy about uh, mail-in voting and absentee voting, early voting, whatever you want to call it, and and the president has uh, been highly critical of it talking about it was uh, you know a potential for lots of voter fraud um and and it turns out that 
there were a lot of spoiled ballots of those that were mailed in. Something like 7% were spoiled because people didn't follow the simple instruction that you had to pick a party and vote for only candidates of that party. You couldn't go back and forth. You couldn't say vote for a Republican in the uh, congressional race in the 5th District and then... Um, you know, in one of the county commission seats, jump over and vote for a Democrat. Um, you had to vote either for all Democrats or all Republicans and help decide which of those um, contests within those parties um, who would win those and move on to the general election. And uh, it, it sounds like the, the biggest threat to mail-in voting is the voters themselves. <laughs> and it's important if you're going to participate in the uh, in the primary the primary is a party thing it's about democrats deciding which democrats are going to run in the general and it's about republicans deciding which republicans are going to run in the general then in the general election you can do that you can say you know for senate you're going to vote for a democrat and then uh, for Congress, you're going to vote for a Republican or, you know, or vice versa. So anyway, that that seems to be uh, the interesting news, at least to me, from yesterday's uh, primary election. If you'd like to hear the conversation uh, from Armchair Politics, you can go to our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and uh, click audio and then go to the um, archives click on the archives tab and uh, you can find armchair politics up there parts one and two and you can scroll through the archives and pull up any interviews that you might be uh, in any of the interviews that you might be interested in um, oh I'm being remiss we have a great show today coming up in just a few minutes I'm going to be talking with uh, and this is kind of interesting there's a new um, You've seen Ancestry.com on television and, you know, find your family history, find out what your roots are, where you've, you know, come from, how many, uh, what percent of this and that you are and all that by uh, having your DNA tested by Ancestry, who've figured out a way to make this somewhat affordable for people to uh, explore. Well, they've launched a new branch. We're going to talk to... Um, the executive vice president of health and DNA at uh, Ancestry. It's called Ancestry Health, and it uh, empowers individuals to take greater control of their health by finding out if they have um, a genetic disposition to getting a particular thing like heart disease or cancer. Um, and uh, I'm going to be talking with uh, Dr. Ron Park coming up in know, about four minutes and then um, later in the show we're going to talk about a different kind of uh, journey of the self that is the name of a book that's a memoir of artist Ruth Poniarski I think that Poniarski I think that's how you pronounce it but I'll find out for sure when Ruth calls in during the second hour of our three-hour tour and talk about uh, uh, Oh, her her battles with uh, anxiety and depression and drugs and other things. It's a pretty interesting uh, 
tale that she tells, how it, how it started, how it came about, how she ended up going down the roads that she went down. So we'll get into that. The name of the book is Journey of the Self. The artist is Ruth Ponyarski. And then, as if that wasn't enough, we're going to talk with uh, a writer from uh, Chicago named Len Joy. He's actually from uh, upstate New York initially, but uh, he um, has a new book. It's called Everyone Dies Famous. And uh, it's an interesting tale set pretty much in the Midwest, I think. But uh, that's all in store for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. As I mentioned, uh, Andrea will be back to... uh, do these uh, opening uh, conversations with me starting next Monday. Tomorrow we have, um, this is going to be interesting, one of my favorite Hollywood families is uh, uh, Jeffrey Sherman, uh, son of uh, one of the Sherman brothers of of Disney uh, fame, Uh, writers of It's a Small World and all the music for Mary Poppins and, and many, many other songs. Jeff's had a lot of success in his own right. But uh, on Fridays, we've been featuring, uh, we're starting to do this series called Bandemic, where we talk to musicians about how the pandemic is impacting uh, their ability to um, get their music out to people. And and we're going to reach out to uh, Alex Sherman, Jeff's son. He's been on the show before, and he is a... uh, songwriter and performer in Los Angeles and uh, we're going to talk with Alex and uh, hear some of his music and talk about what people are doing in uh, the big old city of uh, LA to keep their uh, their music going and and if there are venues if they're able to get out and perform and so on so that's uh, tomorrow during the uh, third hour of our three-hour tour um, at 11 o'clock with uh, Alex Sherman from Los Angeles and uh, we'll we'll feature some of his music and all that. Anyway, we're going to break uh, just for a moment and uh, when when I come back, we'll have um, Dr. Ron Park from Ancestry Health on the line. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is the Executive Vice President of Health and DNA at Ancestry. Uh, His name is Dr. Ron Park. He's an MD. He joins me by phone. Uh, Dr. Park, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Very glad to be here. Now, forgive me for framing a, a question this way, but... Um, I was I was reading a little bit about you, and you started out in, in uh, primary care medicine at UCLA, and then at Kaiser Permanente in uh, Northern California with degrees from Stanford and Harvard. And how does that lead somebody to ancestry, which seems like sort of pop science to me? Oh, so that's a, such an interesting question. You know, um, I, I, I did start my professional career in medicine. You're absolutely correct about that. Um, and like all doctors, I took a Hippocratic oath uh, to do the best I could to make people better. And 
you know, I, I think that as I practice primary care medicine, you sort of realize that um, there's so much more that we can do for people. Uh, and one of the things that I've been uh, very fascinated to watch over the course of time has been the emergence of, of better tools and technology to understand people's genetics. Uh, and, you know, Ancestry has really been a leader in this field um, over the last decade, really understanding how to apply the science uh, of genomics to better understand your past, your family history, your gen- your genealogy. Um, and, and now here we are in an era where uh, really sophisticated sequencing technology, which is now what we're doing with Ancestry Health, powered by, by next-generation sequencing technology, we're now at a point where that technology is sophisticated enough, um, is, is hard science enough, uh, but it's also a uh, at the price point now where we can actually make it accessible to consumers, where I believe the technology is at a spot where consumers should be able to access this information and, and use it to really inform uh, their understanding of, of their genetic health risks. Uh, and so for me, this is a very natural fit. It's, it is the right thing to do, and it's something that I'm super excited to be part of Ancestry uh, now to try to bring this all to consumers so that we can really help people live longer and healthier lives by understanding their personal genetic health. You know, I want to um, stay on this for just a minute, Dr. Park, if we could, um, because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I see the commercials on television for Ancestry, and my daughter sent me a, a package. She was uh, all excited about getting our uh, family tree. But um, despite the sophistication of the science, it, it's often treated by people as sort of a parlor game. Is... Um, is is there more to ancestry than i mean prior to even adding this new ancestry health component is there more to ancestry than just helping people look up their family tree oh absolutely um you know we we are actually one of the world's largest um um basically one of the lo- world's largest sources of data uh, on family history, um, we we have we have billions of records um, that have been um, that 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 people can access to understand their generational history for eight, nine, ten generations back, right? Um, and so there actually is quite a level of sophisticated science involved on the family history and genealogy side. Uh, and then now you add in the the deep science of of genetic or genomic sequencing, uh, and you get to a totally new level of sophistication about being able to understand your history. You know, we have a team of scientists with PhDs from Harvard and Stanford and University of Chicago and others, right, who are applying really sophisticated techniques to understand, to help people understand their background and their ethnicity. And now we're applying those same techniques um, and, and really deep medical knowledge to understand, you know, how you can apply the science of genetic sequencing to help people understand their genetic health risks. So, um, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I have to say it, it's why I'm so excited to be here. I think we're now at a point where the, the science has gotten to a spot where, yes, we can actually really help people understand their, their family history and their personal genetic health risk in a way we've never been able to before. More with Dr. Ron Park from Ancestry Health. 
straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. Can the lady of the house, please? Where's the she? Uh, <laughs> you thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the Sky. Soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, Pearly Gate Rock, all dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes, the king inside. 
a must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in check or money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residents, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Dr. Ron Park from Ancestry Health, straight ahead. Is is there going to be, um, and and <laughs> this may seem a little silly, but is there is there ever going to be a, a, a card or a printout that will um, work out so that I don't have to fill out my family history on a clipboard? <laughs> oh, so glad you asked that because a I've handed thousands of those clipboards out myself, and I filled many out myself as well. Um, you know what's really exciting about uh, Ancestry Health, powered by by Next Generation Sequencing, is you know we're not just treating this as a um, as just a uh, gene sequencing uh, event. For us, for us, this is really about helping uh, people have a good dialogue uh, with their physicians about their genetic health risks. Um, and so, you know, that's part of this, of course, is the actual uh, DNA sequencing information. Um, and that is certainly what we're so excited to bring to the market. But we've really also built this around the tools that you need to have the right discussion with your healthcare provider. And that includes exactly what you're describing, family health history, right, the ability to Take your family tree, add in your knowledge of the health uh, conditions that your family has faced over the course of time. Uh, and then, you know, that plus your DNA report, you can print that out. We have a way to print this out in a physician-friendly form, and you can bring both of those items to your doctor and have the right discussion with your doctor about your potential inherited health risks. Um, and because that is now that will now be stored um, in your account on Ancestry, no, you do not have to fill that form out again and again and again. <laughs> you can just print that out and bring it in. And between, I mean, I think you are in the same spot I am in. Um, that, that, that's a, that's a, that's really helpful, <laughs> right? Yeah, I no, I, I'm, I'm thinking about that because that's one of the things I always dread about walking into a waiting room is when I get handed that clipboard and I have to sit there and check all these boxes. But how accurate um, is the uh, the sequencing in predetermining um, risk. I, I, I mean, can it can it tell you how likely you are to um, uh, experience things that maybe run in your family, heart disease, breast cancer, or other things? Yeah, that's what's so exciting about this, right? I, I think if you look at the sequencing technology that's been available in the consumer markets, say, over the last oh, five-plus years, a lot of that has been based on the technology that, well, you know, 10 years ago was cutting edge. It's called a technology called microarray technology, and it was, it's, I mean, certainly when I was uh, last practicing medicine, that was cutting edge. But really, over the last five years, you've seen the emergence of this new technology called next-generation sequencing technology. And that technology allows us to sequence the entire genome at once in an automated fashion. 
And that gives us a lot more detail on people's genomes. Uh, and so, you know, with the prior technology, you know, it was sort of looking at a very high level with regards to what might be sitting in your genome. Now we're able to use this technology to get a much more detailed view uh, of your DNA. It looks in more places in your DNA to determine your risk. And with this, we're able to give a much better assessment of the potential genetic risk that you might have uh, for for you know disorders that we know do get passed down through your genes through through families um, in in areas like you're describing, whether it's cancer or or heart disease. Um, you know that that is what we're trying to bring to consumers now. Um, I, I will say as well, because this technology has really come to the fore over the last several years. Um, you know, I, I'm very optimistic about the future. I think we're going to be able to develop more and more insights as we go forward. And because now we have this available to consumers at an accessible price point, you know, I really do see this as the beginning of a new era uh, where consumers will have increasing levels of insight into their genetic health risks over the course of time. You know, I've always uh, wrestled with external factors like cigarettes and bacon. <laughs> and... and um, and and it makes me wonder now that that this uh, this sophisticated uh, forecasting is possible, um, is it is it possible to determine how much of a person's health risk is based on their DNA versus external behaviors and and habits and so on? Yes. You know, I, I think that there are there are certain conditions we know that very much are being driven by your DNA. And, and really, that's the list that we are starting off with in the product that we're now bringing to consumers. Um, but we do know that people are much more, more complicated <laughs> than just your DNA. Uh, and other factors, as you mentioned, do come into, you know, the ultimate figuring out of, you know, what, who, who we are and what diseases that we get. Um, and, and I think now that we have this new technology, um, the, the, our goal really is ancestry, uh, is to move forward to start to bring in those other factors and to create a much more sophisticated view uh, of, of everybody's personalized health risk. Uh, and that's why for us, but this is, look, this is a, this to us is a first step. It's a very important first step. Um, but our ultimate goal is to really to, to move more towards a world where we're able to pr provide consumers much, a much better view of their personalized health risk, uh, based on all these different factors so that ultimately you can really, you know, really, you know, do the right preventative things to maintain your health over the course of time. That will be a journey for all of us, um, uh, and this is a first step, but we're very excited to take this journey because we really want to be on a mission to help people live longer and healthier lives. Is, is, does this provide the, the uh, ability to answer the question of why you can have two people side by side, both heavy smokers, one dies in their 40s, one lives to 100? So at this juncture, um, the the test that we have now uh, can tell you how a specific gene relates to a disease that we know the gene and the disease are, are related. Um, you know, I think over the course of time, we're, and, you know, to the extent that uh, one particular person might have a worse outcome than another if it's related to that particular gene. At this point in time, we can say, yes, that gene uh, was a major risk factor. 
Um, you know, as, as I was saying, I, I think as we as we learn more and more about the genetics of human beings and all the factors that come in, not just in genetics but other things, um, you know, that level of sophistication is going to rapidly get to where you're to what you're describing. Um, and again, that's really why we're so excited to be now entering into this area because. Uh, that's the future that we see coming, and we want to be a part of that, and we want to be part of helping people, you know, live better lives because they have that information. Do you, is this um, how separately is Ancestry Health operated from the ancestry that we know and love? Um, we're very we're, we're we're the same company. Uh, we work very closely together. Um, you know, Ancestry's mission as a company is to really empower journeys to personal discovery so that you, you know yourself better, uh, whether that's your past and your relatives and your, you know, your genealogy or whether that's your own personal health and how that health, how those health conditions may have come through your, your parents or your grandparents or how you may have passed those health conditions on to your children, right? Um, and so we really see this as part and parcel of the same mission. Um, and actually, those who might uh, subscribe, for example, to to Ancestry Health, powered by um, Next Generation Sequencing, um, you know, if you sign up for that um, um, on our website, you, know, you will actually not only receive the Ancestry Health information, but you'll also receive the traditional information we provide with regards to your ethnicity and and your origins. Uh, so we really do see this as part and parcel, and we do we and these are absolutely brought together in an integrated fashion, uh, so consumers can really understand themselves and their past and their health better. Is it um, how how much information can you can you glean without having multiple members of a family or multiple generations? How can the testing of one person uh, provide information, and how much information? Yeah. So, you know, I really, I think your question is a good one. I, you know, as a physician, I view the ultimate assessment of anyone's health risk as a combination of all the different health factors, uh, whether that's genetics, family health history, your lifestyle, right? And, and that's really why for us it's super important that, you know, if health risks are identified through this, that the, the consumer go have that discussion with their physician, um, and we do a lot of things to try to make that as easy as possible, including uh, you know, printable reports. Um, that being said, you know, what we have uh, in our in Ancestry Health powered by NGS, if someone signs up for it today, are the, are the genes and the health conditions that we know are tightly associated. Right. So, uh, you know, our reports right now talk about specific genes in, uh, in breast cancer or colon cancer or, or certain cardiac diseases. Um, you know, that, that we know are tightly associated. Back with more of the Tom Sumner program right after this. to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Right, so now, in order...
harder for you to understand what I'm going to do next. And I have to go way back and speak about my great-grandfather, whom we traced back to Marie Antoinette. As a matter of fact, my great-grandmother traced him back there a couple of times. <laughs> but he was partly responsible for the birth of my grandfather. He thought. <laughs> my grandfather was born in Denmark. He was Danish after his mother and Swedish after a friend of his father's. <laughs> he was one of the great inventors of his time. He invented the burglar alarm, which unfortunately was stolen from him. <laughs> He was a brilliant man. He was, among other things, a PhD. Just a f <laughs> So was his wife. However, besides being a brilliant f he also was a great chemist. He was the one who invented the cure for which there was no disease in the <laughs> Unfortunately, his wife later caught the cure and died. <laughs> he was a strange personality. He always experimented with something. Once he... Um, he crossed an Idaho potato with a sponge. Imagine that silly idea. It tasted horrible. But it sure held a lot of gravy. I think his greatest invention was a soft drink, which he called Four Up. <laughs> but it wasn't successful at all. So he invented Five Up. But still it didn't click, you know. Then came Six Up. But still nobody liked it. So he gave up and died heartbroken a couple of weeks later. But little did he know how close he came. <laughs> Then I was born, and when that happened, my parents were, well, they were not poor, but they didn't have any money. <laughs> so I was actually born at home. And when my mother saw me, she was taken to the hospital. <laughs> One day, when I was four years old, my father came home. And he found me in the living room, in front of a roaring fire, which made him very angry because we didn't have a fireplace. <laughs> there I sat, and here my father stood, burning up. <laughs> he pointed at me, see, my father was left-handed. He always pointed this way. I was sitting on the other side. So my father said, Borger. He didn't know my first name. <laughs> See, in my father's family, we had a little trouble up here. In the head. 
My father was all right, but his two brothers, my male uncles. <laughs> no, in Denmark, we always distinguish, you know. I don't know if you're familiar with the fact that we have three sexes over there. Male, female, and convertible. As a matter of fact, I was supposed to have been back to Denmark this summer. But I ain't going. Oh, once I made up my mind what I was going to be, and that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> what I meant to tell you before was, and this is not a joke, this is really a fact, that two weeks ago, we celebrated my uncle's 103rd birthday. Isn't that something? Thank you very much. 103rd birthday. Unfortunately, he wasn't present. <laughs> How could he be? He died when he was 29. <laughs> but what I meant to say was that he was the one who went crazy. And his mother used to say that he went crazy because he never got the woman he loved. And that's a lot of nonsense because his brother went just as crazy. And he got her. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
We're going to take a short break. More of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling author photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed. 
a magical place with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hey this is first ward city councilman eric mays and you're listening to the tom sumner program Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. (laughs) For once, the walls of the Bickersons' apartment do not resound with the persistent snoring of husband John, more's the pity. There can be only one reason for this astounding phenomenon. John Bickerson is not home. Two o'clock in the morning finds Mrs. Bickerson on the telephone with Sister Clara. Let's listen. What did you say, Blanche? I said I haven't heard from John since he left for work. You'd think he'd telephone me or something. Well, maybe he tried to call. You've had the phone tied up for over an hour, Blanche. You've called me three times. He's never done this before. I think he wants to upset me. He gets so angry every time I spend a dollar. He says I'm the biggest spendthrift in California. Am I, Clara? I don't think so. Well, John does. And you know how careful I am about money. Yes, well, I have to give the baby his bottle. You do? What time is it there in New York? It's almost 5.30 in the morning. Georgie gets a bottle every two hours now. He's four weeks old. He isn't gaining much, though. Well, what does he weigh? 61 pounds. I don't like the doctor we have now. He thinks George is too heavy. Well, I think he's the cutest little thing I ever saw. Oh, did John's shoes fit him all right? Well, they pinch a little in the toes. Oh, but you can get them fixed. Oh, I think John's here. Goodbye, Clara. John! I can't find the blasted light switch. Oh, I'm so glad you're home, sweetheart. I'm in here. Huh? Never mind the lights. Come to bed, darling. Oh, I must have the wrong apartment. Uh, Excuse me, madam. John, come back here. Oh, hello. Where have you been? Working. Let me get undressed. I'm exhausted. Why didn't you call? Don't throw your good coat on the floor. John. You can sweep it up in the morning. No call. No message. No nothing. Why didn't you call? Didn't have a nickel. You did, too. You had a quarter in your pocket this morning. Who did you take to dinner tonight? The whole chorus from Earl Carroll's That's Me Boy, Diamond Jim Bickerson. Don't be so funny. Oh, I'm not funny. I'm exhausted. I bet you never even thought of calling me. Other men call their wives. If Mel Shaw leaves the house for even five minutes, he calls Louise. Calls her what? That lot you care about me. I've been sitting here worrying myself into a stew. What did you eat? Stew. John Bickerson, let me look at you. Are you sure you've been at the office till now? Well, where do you think I've been? I don't know. You didn't pass a cocktail bar on your way home, did you? I never pass a cocktail bar. That's what I thought. You had a drink. I did not. You had more than one. I didn't have any. Then why are you trying to take your pants off over your head? What pants? This is the sweater you made for me out of your old slacks. I'm the only man in town with a V-neck seat. Stop complaining. It keeps you warm. Put out the lights, Blanche. I can't hold my eyes open. John, you're not going to sleep in that horrible old sheepskin vest. Well, I'm cold. Take it off. It looks hideous. 
Nobody sees it. Now you just get up and put on some pajamas. I hate pajamas. They strangle me. Well, you can't wear that thing. Can too. What if there's a fire? I won't go. Good night, Blanche. You just get out of that bed and hang up your clothes. Don't leave them for me. Blanche, I'm sleepy. I'm always crawling under the dresser and picking up your collar buttons. I pick up your ties and I pick up your handkerchiefs. What do you think I am? A vacuum cleaner? No, Blanche. A vacuum cleaner can be turned off. Look, Blanche, do me a favor, will ya? I worked 18 hours today. Just let me close my eyes for a couple of hours, will ya? I'm afraid. The minute you fall asleep, you'll start snoring. No, I won't snore. I never snore. How can you say that? You've never missed a single night since the second day we were married. You snore on Monday, you snore on Tuesday, on Wednesday you snore, on Thursday you snore, so what'll you do tonight? Oh, for the love of... (sighs) Nobody would believe it. I'm married to a cellar pump. John, John, you promised you wouldn't snore. And the minute you closed your eyes, you started. John! Blanche, what do you want from me? I won't stand for it. Go sleep in the guest room. We haven't got a guest room. If you were a good husband, you'd see that we had two guest rooms. You used to have plenty of ambition before we were married. Whatever hmm. happened to your get-up-and-go? He got up and went. I might have known you like you are. Selfish, inconsiderate, thoughtless. You didn't even send me a Valentine card. St. Valentine's Day isn't until tomorrow. It's still tonight. Tonight was yesterday. Today is tomorrow. What? And I know you didn't send a card because you didn't send me one last year. Well, I forgot last year. You always forget. You forgot my birthday. You, I bet you don't even know when you married me, do you? No, I don't. John Bickerson, you don't know when you married me? When? Oh, I thought you said why. I suppose you think you're a great catch. I could have married a half dozen of the wealthiest men in town. No, I had to fall for your smooth talk. You kept calling me your buried treasure, didn't you? Didn't I what? Didn't you always call me your buried treasure? Maybe I did. Well, what have you got to say now? I'm sorry I dug you up. Good night, Blanche. Sorry you dug me up. There wasn't another girl in our crowd who would ever have given you a second look. Oh, I don't know about that. Most of those dames thought I had what it takes. Well, maybe you had it. But who took it? And what did I get out of this marriage? Jewels? No. Clothes? No. Money? No. What did I get? No. I'll tell you what I got. A one-room apartment and a leaky icebox. A leaky icebox? Every night my pillow was wet from my tears. Put a pan under it. You're not listening to me. You don't care what happens. I wish I'd never been born. Oh, Blanche, what's the matter with you? Why don't you go to sleep? How can I sleep? How can I sleep when I know you don't love me? Who said I don't love you? Well, you never tell me you do. I tell you a thousand times a day. I offered to pay a man $50 for a six-inch tattoo that says, John loves Blanche. Why did you object? Because it would show when I wore my evening gown. Well, I was going to let him do it on me, too. Anything to put a stop to that same question night after night after night. If you'd only say it once of your own accord, I'd never ask you. Okay, I love you. Do you love me only? Yes.
When I'm away from you? Yes. Well, say it. I love you only when you're away from me. <laughs> yes, you do. Maybe that's why you stayed out, cavorting, until two o'clock this morning. I wasn't cavorting. I was working. What for? Because I get paid for overtime and we need the money. I have to make a payment on my car next week, $84. Where will you get that? Oh, I got it. It's in the desk drawer. No, it isn't. It is, too. I looked yesterday. You didn't look today. Oh, Blanche. Well, there's only $60 in that drawer, John. What happened to the other $24? Don't look at me. Listen, Blanche, there are only two people who have a key to that drawer, you and I. And $24 is missing. Well, let's each put back $12 and say no more about it. I knew it. I knew it. What did you blow it on? Well, I had to pay the phone bill. I made a few long-distance calls. Long-distance calls? Who did you call for $24? My sister, Clara. I was worried. She had a tooth pulled. How could you squander my money like that? I deny myself everything. Do I even buy toothpaste? No. I've been brushing my teeth with a whisk broom. I stick tinfoil in my cavities to save on dentist bills. I've been wearing an upper plate that belongs to my cousin. And she calls New York every five minutes. Don't make such a fuss. Claire is my only sister, and I have a perfect right to call her. Anyway, Barney's in the hospital. Who's Barney? Clara's husband, when he was out looking for a job, he tripped over a bar rail and two cases of bourbon fell on his head. Well, it's the first time the drinks were ever on him. How can you say that? Barney's not cheap. He takes good care of Clara. She has a lovely home, and they've got money for everything. Oh, sure, money for everything. Don't sneer. Last week, Clara had her tonsils taken out and Venetian blinds put in. With a mouth like hers, they could do it. If that bum Barney isn't working, where do they get the dough? Accident insurance. He's collected a fortune on accident insurance. Every time Clara has a baby, he jumps off the roof. What? He doesn't hurt himself too bad, just enough to collect the insurance. You haven't got any, have you, John? No, I don't want to talk about it. I want to sleep. But suppose something happens to you. What if you have an accident and you can't work? We'll starve. We're starving now. That's too bad. It's easy for you to talk like that. If anything happened, I'd be left helpless and destitute. Why don't you get some accident insurance, John? I'll get some next week. You say it, but you won't do it. Why don't you get it now? What? Go on. Get up. Get some accident insurance. Blanche, are you out of your mind? It's almost 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, people have accidents all hours of the night. I'm not going to have any accidents tonight. How do you know? Blanche, why don't you let me sleep? Well, just promise me you'll get some accident insurance. Why? Because it's a wonderful protection. Clara told me two weeks ago a man broke his hip and he got $5,000. Last week, Barney fractured his skull and got $10,000. Well, what about it? Next week, you may be the lucky one. Good night, Blanche. Good night, John. Sumner, 
Program.com. You pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. It's 